Welcome to the Weekly Hook, the podcast where one of us chooses a topic they're hooked on and the other has no idea what's coming. Where your hook is, Chris and <laughs> you're I scared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why? Where Don't your start from the beginning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <sighs> Can I talk? Or Yes, please. Okay. I'm gonna shut up. Good. Uh should I just do this all over? No, continue. It's all staying yeah. in. Of course it is. Um, we're Yorkers, Chris and Rashad, and today we're going to talk about a good kid in a mad city. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and at serialhook.com where you can get all the latest info. And with that, I've got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA as we talk about one of the best rappers of all time and my favorite song of his. Do you know who we're going to talk about today, Rashad? Any clue? Uh, um, nope. <laughs> okay. We are going to talk about Kendrick Lamar today. Oh, that was going to be my guess. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I should be like, go with my conviction, Rashad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, we, Rashad and I have been talking about a project that we're going to record later this year. And kind of as a, as a preparation for that, I was wondering about what are my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs, and uh, yeah, I was I was just thinking about that, and then a new album dropped a few weeks ago, <laughs> uh, and so that kind of threw a wrench in all of my plans, and I had to I had to readjust. But now we have five albums. I'm going to talk about four of them uh, because, frankly, the first album, Section Eighty doesn't have many songs that even come close to Kendrick's later prowess. Um, maybe the f the best song of that album is probably Rigor Mortis, but I don't know that that is not I don't know not a, not an album that I listen to a lot. But every other one of his I really like. Um, I don't think I have to say a lot about Kendrick Lamar. Like, I don't really need to introduce him. He is, uh, you know, one of the most prolific rappers of his generation. And as I have said, probably of all time, not that I know too much about that, but he's just so good. Um, he has, you know, won so many awards. He's won Grammys. He's won a Pulitzer. Uh, and he's just incredibly successful. And I want to talk today about his four studio albums good kid mad city to pimp a butterfly damn and mr morale and the big steppers and my favorite songs from those albums and then of course i'm going to do a top four at the at the very end in true seriously hooked the weekly hook fashion how does it sound to you i mean that sounds like an incredible ride and it's going to lead to me listening to a lot of kendrick lamar in the next few days so i appreciate it you should and uh you know he i have come to realize with kendrick lamar i knew it i knew it before with other with for example the arctic monkeys but uh, with kendrick lamar specifically and other artists such as for example kanye west that i just really love concept albums so where a an album i'm as we have probably previously established i am more of an album person I am not really one who listens to 
sing like singular songs. I'm I'm I've become more of that recently, but uh, for the longest time, it's just been albums all the time, and so it's kind of an interesting, you know, kind of an interesting thing to pick out specific songs because I think you know there are so many great narratives in his albums and a lot of the I'm going to have to explain a lot of context from the albums and what the songs are kind of doing in 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 the in the albums kind of in the in the narrative and um but also the songs themselves I'm going to probably be quoting from every song today and uh yeah I'm just going to talk about a lot of songs I I will ask you now Rashad because I have I have found I wanted to do top fours of all four albums. Damn. And then I've realized a very curious thing that with all four of those albums, I had a difficult time with it because and I'm not kidding, all of four all of those four albums had three songs that are like very quickly could say those are my top three songs. And then there were with every album there were two songs that I couldn't decide from so i'm just going to ask you do you want a shared top four or do you want a top three for all of these albums you mean a top five or with a top four asked like a top four with an asterisk or wait i'm so confused what do you mean i mean of course it's going to be a a top four with an asterisk because it's my top four right yeah true so would you rather have the top four with an asterisk or top three yeah of course so we're not going to talk about 15 songs today we're going to talk sorry not about 12 songs today but we're going to talk about uh 20 um and i'm going to start of course with good kid mad city the claim to fame for kendrick lamar and i'm going to just go from number four to number one um and i don't know the good kid mad city is yeah is kendrick's breakout hit that really uh you know got him into into the mainstream that had a lot of people he was he was he was one of this generation of new rappers like uh, uh, schoolboy q uh among others and and many more and it wasn't it wasn't quite clear who of them is going to be the mega star but this album is just is so good it had i think since it uh, since it came out, like almost ten years ago, I think it has its ten-year anniversary this year. Uh, it has it has never left the Billboard charts, uh, which is insane. I think it's only the it is it is like the second, like the the second like the album with the second most consecutive weeks in the Billboard top. I think two hundred or something like that. Uh, and that just speaks to what an incredible album it is. Um, and it is, uh, Kendrick is talking a lot about his his origins, where he comes from, Compton in California, and just a lot of the things that he grew up with. And <clears throat> so my my shared number four, if you will, is the songs uh, Good Kid, and money trees and so in good kid it's kind of a simple song it talks about three issues that he grew up with 
uh, gang violence, police violence, and drugs. And I, I like this song a lot, you know, because of its simplicity, because it just states these three issues that are just there throughout the album. But it's just presented in a really interesting way where there is a there's a parallel between the gang violence and the police violence with the colors red and blue with when it comes to gang violence it it references the two major gangs in the area the bloods and the crips which are also like world famous or infamous uh, and with red and blue when it comes to police violence obviously the light on top of a police car um and he says what am i going to do if the topic is red and blue with the gang violence so which of the two groups do you belong to and that could be a matter of life and death uh or with the blinking of red and blue when he is racially profiled and suspected to be a a gang member just because he's black and then we have the third verse where kendrick talks about being caught between you know those two things the gangs and the police and how a lot of people seek refuge in taking drugs drugs to escape the harsh reality of their life and their environment and yeah i don't know i just it, it again it's a very simple song but i just really like it uh i can't even yeah for all the reasons i guess i stated above um and then we have shared without money trees which at first is just a summary of the album's plot so far um with the great line everybody's gonna respect the shooter but the one in front of the gun lives forever in terms of everybody remembers people so everybody growing up in that environment has people that have been killed by gun violence and they are held in in high regard and are memorized by by everyone every relative every friend and then then it goes on to say money trees is the perfect place for shade so subsequently kendrick is dreaming of quote life like rappers do and you know looking at what his life would be like if he were successful and or rich and i think it, it is also just a tremendous song uh, just it also has like an incredible melody um then on my number three is the art of peer pressure which ha- i think I, d- I don't know i don't know how how many people lo- love this song but it has always been one of my favorites um because it the language that kendrick uses in this song just is an incredibly visual or rather evokes a very visual reaction in my mind which by which i mean that i can just whenever i listen to this song i can picture it so clearly in my mind what's happening it's almost like i'm remembering watching a movie and it's just incredible how it's creating a mood with all of these things because it's ostensibly about uh kendrick and his friends burgling a house uh, and then running from police and the yeah the to- uh, the topic basically of this song is the bad flu- influence that his friends have where he says he would never do drugs he would never be violent towards others um 
if it weren't for the influence that his friends have over him and i don't know something about this song just gets me every time because just the just the i don't know i think it's so succinct it it just manages with a few words to evoke so much and that's obviously something that a lot of people can do but i think just this this song gets me every time um then number two singing <laughs> talking about songs that get me every time is a song called sing about me i'm dying of thirst which is a 12 minute masterpiece in two parts the first part is about the events that made kendrick turn away from the temptations of life in compton and there are three verses in this part one is from the brother of kendrick's friend who got shot in an earlier song swimming pools uh, who and one line of this whole this whole thing is amazing but just one line from basically you know from the mouth of this brother to kendrick is just promise me you'll tell the story when you make it big and if i die before your album drop i hope and then it stops because you hear gun sh gunshots and obviously the implication is that this person has also been killed another casualty on the streets of compton and Damn. yeah it's it's just so because the, the first time you just don't expect it you just you're just going with the flow and the rhythm of this song and then it's just this screech is like bam there it is and just like that another life is gone and i think it's just so incredibly evocative and the second the second verse on this part is kind of again about a sibling of another person that kendrick has rapped about this time the sister of a young prostitute that kendrick rapped uh, about in his previous album section 80 um who is angry at him for using her sister uh for basically his basically exploiting the fate of her sister and complaining to to or rather confronting kendrick about this and she herself is also a prostitute um and says she doesn't need the extra attention from a song like that so basically saying to kendrick don't you dare write about me too i'm doing fine by myself and then the third verse uh, kendrick just wonders whether one day there will be someone who sings about him when he's dead just as he has now talked about those two people who have who have already died who have been quite young and that's just incredibly strong and then there is a second part which is not a song per se but it's, it's just a skit and this entire album is full of them as are other uh, like albums of his as well but this one i think is the most it's the most uh, prominent example of that where again it takes up where that friend of kendrick's just got shot at the end of the song swimming pools and kendrick and his friends are just extremely angry and want to retaliate when they meet an old woman who convinces them to leave the path of violence and turn to god and uh yeah that's just an that is kind of the turning point in kendrick's life as well as he puts it mm. as he puts it in yeah all of his subsequent songs and it's just 
I think I think the uh, the woman is also voiced by Maya Angelou, which I think is also just uh, such an incredible thing. Um, so it's basically like you know, it, it's like a four minute voice skit uh, with people like people playing, you know, these these young teenage uh, boys who whose friend just got shot, and then basically this woman comes and tells them don't don't do that like is this what i think it is indicating that there's a that there's a gun and uh yeah i don't know it's it's just it's, it's just so powerful and yes it's incredibly long with 12 minutes but it's also incredibly f powerful wow yeah um but not as powerful as my number one pick about, uh, <laughs> of this album, which is Mad City. And I need to say that Mad is spelled lowercase m dot and then two uppercase a's also with a dot and then a lowercase d, uh, which people have always thought, like always been thinking about what does this mean? Uh, and it is actually revealed in the song as well that this means made me an angel on angel dust referring to drugs and yeah this is you know where, whereas good kid is struggling with the violence and the drug abuse of his of kendrick's environment of compton mad city is just him submitting to the fever dream the days that this evokes and it really is you know with Uh, the because the first part also literally is Kendrick on drugs tripping on a lace joint um and it has this eternal <laughs> eternal verse if pyrus and crips all got along they'd probably gun me down by the end of this song seems like the whole city go against me and it's just it's just a tour de force honestly it is so powerful in all i think all of all of kendrick's abilities just shine here the way he evokes emotions and like the wide array of emotions all in this song and because in the second part he is his teenage self again navigating uh you know all of the poverty and violence and drugs around him uh and he refers to himself Kendrick, aka Compton's human sacrifice. So somebody who, you know, has has died for or is supposed to die for a higher cause. And I think that just encapsulates what this uh album is about. It's about coming from a bad place and being able to get out of this. This is basically what this is about. That he is a good kid in a mad city and that he was able to escape. Incredible. It's so good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just I could like Kendrick is just one of these people that is like I could just listen to his stuff for forever, and I do listen to him quite a lot. I don't doubt it. It's so good. And yeah, again, listen to this and the entire album, not just a few songs. I mean, there are definitely songs that are good on their own, but they all have significance within the narrative of the albums. All right. Next up, it is the se the second album I'm going to talk about today, To Pimp a Butterfly, which is an interesting title. <laughs> Great title. Yeah. And uh, my number, my shared number four, 
is These Walls and a song called You, where basically the punch, the, the most important line is If These Walls Could Talk. And I just I was just mentioning the uh, the shooting in which Kendrick's friend died, and this is kind of talking about the outcome of this, where the shooter is in, in prison now, and his girlfriend is lonely and hurting, and tries to fill the void inside of her because you know her lover is is in prison with casual sex, and it's not just with anyone; it is with Kendrick who has now become a famous rapper. And so the walls have three meanings in this song. Uh, first, uh, the prison walls of the shooter, who is now you know locked away for, for the murder he committed. Second, for the vaginal vol- walls of his uh, ex-girlfriend and the whole, like, and the sort of trying to numb the emotional pain with sex. And then, lastly, the walls of Kendrick's mind and conscience as he comes to terms with what this the shooting and also has done to all of these three people, to himself, how he is now exploiting his fame to kind of, in a weird way, get back at the shooter uh, by having sex with his girlfriend. And I don't know, I think just on that level, it is it is just a just a lyrical like just lyrically a genius thing to do to have these the the different meanings of this of the walls uh on on so many levels just reflected in that song (laughs) and then in stark contrast we have you which is kendrick descending down a dark path of self-hatred and depression uh, I think it's set in a, in my interpretation has always been that it's set in a hotel room where Kendrick is getting drunk and just has this mantra of self-loathing, berating himself, kind of looking at himself in the mirror and just saying these vile things to himself where he calls himself a fucking failure and repeats like a mantra, loving you is complicated and it just escalates with this outburst of anger where he feels like he's not enough and he lashes out at himself which in the in the bigger scheme of the narrative of the album is really important because at the very end there is a song called I in which Kendrick has embraced himself and self-love and his self-worth and so there's an incredible journey in between those two songs it's incredible what a like like a cool story to that too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and the, that's with a lot of these songs. It's, yeah, it's just so good. Um, that's why I yeah. Well, that's you know when it comes to narrative and what different media can do about telling a story. Just his songs are so good because also the production is amazing. A lot of a lot of the songs have just these tone changes. They switch beats. They have wildly different things in them and they all reflect this overarching story and that's why i can also say (laughs) i really recommend the podcast dissect because they go through to pimp a butterfly and dna in detail and by in detail i mean they talk about each uh, song 
for like in 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 like a uh, in an in an episode. So each song has one episode that is between thirty and sixty minutes long. And they literally dissect this, and then they dissect the entire narrative of the podcast. Um, and yeah, this this has also been the the guy who kind of invented dissect Cole Kushner recently uh did a did a spin-off about uh, last song standing which is basically you know with, with a with a music journalist friend of his and they yeah they were crowning like Kendrick's best song basically and were doing like a an elimination round which was very interesting to uh you know to listen to and also to compare to my opinions because with some things i agree with some things i don't what ended up winning for them uh the same song that i'm going to pick later actually okay then we'll talk about that later that's what i'm going to say um so number three is the blacker the berry in which Kendrick calls himself a hypocrite and there is this repeating line, the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. And he lashes out at basically society and the institutional racism and all of the violent, like the cycle of violence and states that you made me a killer, postulating the question of whether mainstream US is at peace with him because he can express himself but what if he told but uh you know what if he told the listeners that he killed someone as a teenager because of all of the cycle of violence and kind of internal racism because he sa- says he killed this person because he was blacker than me and i don't know it's just again a ferocious song and just it just sounds like a lot of internal like a lot of internalized and also bottled up anger. And it's just, yeah, a tour de force again. Then we have the very first song to this album, Wesley's Theory, uh, which does an incredible amount of work for the themes of the album, which is basically like black infighting uh, in the community, uh, political oppression, status symbols, and consumerism as coping mechanisms. And black artists being pimped by a predominantly white entertainment industry and we have dr dre who was um on the last album on the very last song and now is in the very first song of this album addressing kendrick saying everybody everybody can get the spotlight the hard part is keeping it and kendrick voices a persona of basically a personification of the entertainment system that is pimping him um saying what you want a house or a car 40 acres and a mule a piano a guitar anything see my name is uncle sam on your dollar motherfucker you can live at the mall and just talking about the consumerism and all of these status symbols and how that just are coping mechanisms for underlying societal problems and it just does a lot of work i think this song is often overlooked but i think it also it also has very different a lot of changes within the within the song and i just i've come to that that is one song that i kind of changed my mind on because i have also overlooked it and then the on dissect they were talking about how great that one is and so i 
I listened to it over and over again and I have to agree it's pretty good <laughs> wow um and but my my number one by far on this album by far okay what is this by one? far uh it's probably it's probably the biggest gap between one and two uh in all of the albums is a song called how much a dollar cost which is the narrative turning point of this album in which uh, Kendrick is struggling with his role in the African-American community and kind of the leadership role and his influence. And he goes on a trip to South Africa where a homeless man asks him for the equivalent of $1. And Kendrick refuses, thinking he's an addict and he doesn't want to, you know, he he's seen it all back where he's from and he's not going to give money to someone who's just going to uh, to buy drugs from it. And that person, though, uh, in turn reveals himself as he says, I'll tell you just how much a dollar cost. The price of having a spot in heaven. Embrace your loss. I am God. So basically doing like a, you know, in, in the fiction, this person is God in disguise and has tested Kendrick. And like the Samaritan in the Bible, you know, Kendrick is like the reverse, the Samaritan, uh, shared his his belongings and Kendrick refuses to so he he is not a good person and that is kind of what he what Kendrick is struggling with and so he reassesses a lot of things and I think just this song as a standalone is incredible I think it is just I don't know the the melody of it the the instrumentation is so well done it's really incredible one of these songs that is like holy shit like i i just love this song so much um yeah all right now we go to uh the third album we're going to talk about damn uh which is the one that won the pulitzer not that it matters but you know. i didn't know music can win pulitzers uh Usually only jazz, I think jazz and classical music have, but that's why Kendrick, why that was a big thing because he was the first like hip hop artist and also just general, generally like in terms of more popular music, the first artist to ever win a Pulitzer. I see. And I mean, this album is also very, very good. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Uh, so the shared number four is two songs called Lust and Fear. And in Lust, uh, Kendrick talks about the everyday, in a, in a very sardonic way, almost like gallows humor. He talks about the everyday life and vicious cycle of poverty in African-American communities. Um, and with with the ironic line, whatever you... And he, so he talks about how a man and a woman kind of live their everyday life with like really just like not a with no meaning they're just wasting time they're killing time uh, and they can't kind of elevate themselves from their environment and so he has this line it's very ironic it says whatever you do just make it count um you know after after explaining all the trite activities that these people go go and do in their everyday life and then he stresses how his new life in pursuit of money is is also kind of the same 
that okay obviously you know he doesn't have he's not surrounded uh as much with like drugs and violence and poverty obviously um but he still he still is suffering from having come from this place and see like feels the pressure on him and he is kind of also grappling with the 2016 election and its effect on black people in the u.s um and saying time passing things change reverting back to our daily program stuck in our ways so kind of a pessimistic outlook on whether whether there's a there's hope for change and apparently uh kendrick doesn't think so wow that's really heavy it is very heavy yes it is incredibly heavy and um i mean there are some of his songs obviously that you know i mean he talks about these things a lot so and the and all of this i mean it's not a feel-good thing uh so but he does it in such a good way where you can just again you can just feel these things it is almost like you live through not live through it i wouldn't go that far maybe but i think it just tickles your empathy senses i would say um because he just like depicts it so well and i say depict because for me it is always i i often have a visual response to his words and the music that surrounds them um yeah tied with number four number four is a song called fear uh, with the first line being why god why god do i gotta suffer and it talks about the different fears that kendrick ages 7 17 and 27 goes through first it's his mother domestic violence and poverty then with 17 it's the constant threat of losing his life from violence where he just goes on a barrage of like just i think it's like i don't know probably like 20 verses of just like i'll probably die x or y or like one like this way or this way or this way or this way but i'm probably going to die like very soon in this environment and then when he's 27 he talks about okay now he has money but as he says how many accolades do i need to to block denial and he has he tackles the fear of losing all of his wealth he has had uh, from his success and having to go back to where he came from and having to live in poverty again so it is not like being this incredibly successful musician with a lot of money has made him at ease he is still haunted by his past and what he has experienced and he just i think experiences something that a lot of people who don't grow up rich do where you're you're just scared to you're just scared about your livelihood and i don't know i thought just i just found it incredibly powerful to hear that you know he's a millionaire at 27 but he's still he's still afraid every day that he's going to lose it and has to go back to section eight housing then we have on number uh, on place three duckworth uh, which is the closer of dam which is very interesting uh it, it starts with it was always me versus the world until i found it's me versus me and he recounts the story of two people anthony a drug dealer uh, and ducky a kfc server and how 
Anthony doesn't kill Ducky when he robbed the KFC place. And they meet 20 years later, Anthony, the CEO of a record label, and Ducky, the father of the label's biggest star, Kendrick, which is a true story. That and it is encapsulated in the lines. I, I should say the the record label is called Top Dog Entertainment, uh, which is and Top Dog is the uh, the nickname of Anthony, uh, whatever his last name is. Um, so the lines go: Whoever thought the greatest rapper would be from coincidence? Because of Anthony killed Ducky, Top Dog could be serving life, while I grew up without a father and die in a gunfight. And then we hear shots. And it just talks about, you know, the vicious cycle of violence and how this one this one decision of Anthony when he was younger, not killing this one person just down the line, has them reaping their benefits in a way, and how both of them, their their life's trajectory kind of they met once and then they went their separate paths and went back together and how how this has influenced him and obviously also talking about the fact that a lot of his peers grew up without fathers because they died uh, on the streets of Compton, which is something that he goes uh, on uh, to talk about much more on the next album. Mm. And so I had a hard time. Now, this was the most difficult decision for me. Really? To to choose between the numbers one and two here because one of them is the way better song i think and the other one just is probably the most personal of all kendrick songs for me what'd you go with i ended up putting my personal song on number two just because the first one the first one I, i would say as a song the first one is better okay so the second the song number two is called feel and has this it's interesting it goes back to sing about me i'm dying of thirst in which kendrick wonders who's going to sing about him one day when he's dead and in feel he is frustrated or also feels lonely in the sense because he says that and repeats this nobody nobody's praying for me and he is struggling with the pressure of fame, of with loneliness, of not being seen or cared about uh, by people, only put on the pedestal, and the difficulty of overcoming institutional and socioeconomic barriers holding him down and holding also the African-American community down and how he sees how they... Sometimes they don't try, but if they try, they don't succeed. And he he just struggles with it, and it's interesting because it's also a counterpart to you in which Kendrick is incredibly disappointed and angry at himself and it it just goes it's so violent that song towards himself but feel is it has this kind of li- this litany feeling of he just says the whole because he says things all the time over and over again which is reminiscent of church songs like litanies and because most of the most of the lines start with I feel like and then he just goes through all of these instincts and I've kind of realized that I I also go down uh, downward spirals every once in a while and this song really encapsulates how I'm feeling during that 
time. And so that's why it's my most personal Kendrick song, I think. <laughs> Next up, we have an incredibly strong uh, uh, contrast, which is basically, which is a response to something that shows up, I think, three times in this entire album, which is a snippet from a Fox uh, show in which a Fox pundit says, this is why I, I have said that hip-hop has done more damage to young African-Americans than racism in recent years. <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> which is also, which in turn is a response to them being, them basically criticizing Kendrick for a, a song from To Pimp a Butterfly, All Right, which kind of became the anthem of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. In which he, in which he says, and we hate Popo, so the police. They mm -hmm. want to kill us dead in the street for sure. And uh, we know which speaks to the reality that uh, black people, especially black men, are just targeted by police brutality. And I don't think I need to go down the list of hundreds of names that have been killed uh, for us to know that this is obje like ob objectively true. And so this is kind of his response. And it is also a very angry song. It is, I think, the best example of Ken like Kendrick being angry because, you know, his songs, they go, they obviously have different emotional tones and there are different songs for different stages of an album. And there are the more thoughtful ones, the more emotional ones in like a sadness sort of or melancholy sort of way and then there are the ones that are with anger and that it is basically uh and i'm sorry to kind of use a gun metaphor here but it is kind of like a machine gun just like going 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 and uh yeah it is it, the song explores the myriads of aspects of black history and and present and kendrick's personal past and present Uh, not listening to critics and that his success is proof that he's made it. It is kind of a, almost like a boastful song, but he is also, even though it sounds quite aggressive, this song, also exploring, you know, good and bad sides of different things um, and criticizing people and uh, not, not just Fox News pundits, but also, you know, people in the black community and all of these things. And yeah, it's, it's, just an incredibly powerful song i think for i don't know it, it just so it kind of felt right to put it at number one here um but you know ask me tomorrow i'll probably change my mind <laughs> did you mention the name of the song or did i just completely miss that oh sorry maybe i didn't uh, it's called dna got it <laughs> um yeah because that's where the intro like what i said in my intro the uh, line i got loyalty got royalty inside my uh. dna Yeah, and so he kind of sings the praises of, of like black people and black history, especially in Africa, and, uh, but also goes to criticize black like African Americans, and you know, what I said earlier that they they are not really, that they are not able to kind of elevate themselves, and all of these things, and he also obviously goes into racial stereotypes and all of these things, but um, yeah. And it's so interesting how like these songs all interconnect, obviously, and he basically 
pays homage to earlier songs of his and it's just yeah fascinating that concludes dam now we come to the fourth and final album i'm going to talk about today mr morale and the big steppers which just came out a few i think now it's months maybe it's been two months or something like that and i have mixed feelings about this uh album i mean i have mixed feelings about a lot of the uh, the songs and the albums but this one i don't know there are some songs and some political things that i don't know i mean with with a lot of songs i feel like okay this is not this is not great what he's talking about or how he's talking about them but i don't know this one also was like he was trying a few things and i could see where he was coming from where i was like i don't know about this but um anyway so on shared no- in, on shared number four the songs crown and mirror and there's a third one that i could have also included which is called savior with they're all all basically about the same thing where he is being where kendrick kind of talks about being put on a pedestal but he is not he is refusing the leadership role that he was craving in to Bimba butterfly and in crown he's talking about his celebrity status and being idolized and how that is a burden um which is also the central theme in savior and again we have a mantra like repetition of the phrase i can't please everybody uh to remind him over and over that he just cannot and even if he tries and tries and tries he will never be able to but very interesting is the line heavy is the head that chose to wear the crown to whom is given much is required now so he says he does point the finger at himself and says okay i wanted this i wanted this role i wanted this crown i wanted to be the leader of all of you but now i reject this and i cannot do this anymore and he liked to see himself a leader but he realizes the toll that it takes on him and rejects it which he then does on mirror which is the final song on this album uh, in which there is also a mantra like repetition of a line which is i choose me i'm sorry in which he talks about defying expectations of sacrifice as an idol and people waiting on me to do things for them like a savior like in in like his parlance as well like jesus and it's the reason why i find this song so interesting is that the previous three albums all had kendrick struggling with a lot of things but at the very end they all kind of ended the same they all ended with kendrick finding answers in his faith his religion but now in in this album he's finding answers in himself and he says uh and one of the very last lines sorry i didn't save the world my friend i was too busy building my redemp so he is he is now finding it within himself to to do the things that are good for him and that he cannot take on the burden of being a leader to to all of the people that want to put him on the pedestal uh, and he because he just felt this for so long and he is kind trying to yeah like liberate himself from that the way he does with intergenerational trauma that has haunted his family and his peers for for many many years which is the 
big overarching narrative of this album about he goes to to therapy as well which he reveals later or not later in a song that i will later talk about but the very first song in this album uh, and throughout but first we need to talk about father time in which kendrick it starts with kendrick's fiance saying you really need some therapy uh, sorry you really need some therapy and kendrick replies that he doesn't need uh you know he is he he is strong he doesn't need his uh he doesn't need therapy that's a weakness and in this song specifically he talks about toxic masculinity growing up with as he puts a tough love bottled up and says that i got daddy issues that's on me but he also compares himself to to his peers who have not grown up with a father as i mentioned previously um who have died uh for various reasons but also the same reasons like uh, institutional racism and violence and he says the line which i just love you know talking about these grown men you know he's he says uh, let's give the women a break grown man with daddy issues and i just thought that that was a very powerful fr- uh, line and was very interested in hearing him explore these topics. And yeah, as I mentioned, he in the very first song of this album, United in Grief, he talks about uh, going to therapy. It's a great introduction to the themes of the album. And he starts, I've been going through something. And then he reveals his therapy in which he is tackling intergenerational trauma and... Uh, you know things like violence and drugs and consumerism and sex as coping mechanisms and says later in the song i grieve different and you know he's so he says that he he has already seen results of him going through therapy but in his generation he sees as he says the family dynamics on repeat so he says there's a vicious cycle with this intergenerational trauma and if people don't do anything about it, it's just going to repeat and repeat and repeat, which culminates in my number one for this album, which is called either Mother Sober or Mother I Sober. It's not quite clear because mm. it's basically like mother and then like a dividing line and then sober. And it's not clear whether that's a dividing line or an I. And the song also has two parts, so it would make sense if that's a dividing line. But... um. It's an incredibly emotional account of intergenerational trauma, of abuse and addiction, and how that is not unusual unusual in the black community. He has experienced um, what he calls the generational curse of women and children being abused and subsequently turned to drugs as coping mechanisms. And I'm not sure if I should read all, like there were a lot of lines that I really like that are very impactful but i'm not sure if i need to like read a lot of lines uh talking about domestic abuse you know why not i mean maybe not all of them no no I, that's why i only that's why i only uh wrote down like a few okay and because he says the first time he had like the first thing that gave him like the first event in his life that he that was traumatic was when his mother was attacked physically attacked And he says, mother cried, put their hands on her. It was family ties. I heard it all. I should have grabbed a gun, but I was only five. And so basically he says he saw his mother being attacked. He 
was not able to defend her because he was five years old, but he has always felt guilt about this since, which is just incredible thinking about, you know, what you're a five-year-old, what can you do? Obviously, but that's not obviously how he would he perceives it and how many people would perceive it in that age. And yeah, he talks about abuse uh, throughout and you know, they accused my cousin, did he touch you, Kendrick? Never lied, but no one believed me when I said he didn't. And he goes into how he refused to take drugs because he knew his mind was the key to making it out of this toxic environment. But later he had to grapple with sex addiction, especially when he was on tour, uh, which obviously hurt his fiance and threatened their relationship. And then uh, she recommended therapy. And he And he goes to say as well that know about his peers about the people that have grown up without a father that still have uh you know still went through so much and he talks specifically about rappers when he says i know the secrets every other rapper sexually abused i see him daily burying their pain and chains and tattoos and all of this is affecting the genre the the artists the you know the people around them their families, everybody they've been growing up with. That is just the the cycle of violence that he has been talking about throughout all of these four albums. And at the end of this song, he says that he is finally able to heal and break that generational curse through therapy, through dealing with it. And I think that's just an incredibly powerful message. So that's my why it's my number one of this album. It's incredible. It's a great message. It is. It and it's it is definitely a tearjerker, that one. Not tearjerker, that sounds that kind of cheap, but it's a very emotional song. The instrumentation is beautiful and you see actual you actually hear Kendrick's fiance throughout this album and on this song and you hear Kendrick talking about all of these things that happen in his family and with his friends and i don't know i think it's one of the most emotional songs that he has done and yeah it's just beautiful and now we're here we have i've talked about 20 songs and now i have to pick my top four incredible i can't wait it was really difficult i at first i was like yeah it's four albums so i'm just going to pick the number one of each of those albums that's a cop out though. That's a cop out exactly. And so I had really I have I've really been thinking about this and it's funny how the the <laughs> the album with the most accolades uh, damn is not on my top 4. Wow. With my most personal song as well, but I don't know. I was just thinking about this and I think the f- my four favorite songs there are there how how should i do it should i just go through them i don't know yeah go through them so on number four we have from the first album sing about me i'm dying of thirst that 12 minute mega Mm, yeah talk talking about you know the the people that that made kendrick realize he needs to leave and how he has found religion and it's very interesting for me as well because I'm not a religious person. I was anti-religious in my early 20s. Like I was a super hardcore atheist, one of those people. And I don't know. I, I've definitely made, you know, I have 
going i've been going through a change in the like in the last decade i suppose and i don't know for me now i think 10 years ago i would have never listened to this because it's like about religion and how religion has been saving him and today it's kind of part of my journey i suppose saying no this is a great song a great journey and i think it's just emotionally very powerful and you know the the obviously we have the skit at the end but also the three parts before that are just all really powerful with the gunshots with the callback to section 80 and keisha and how he also is talking about he's directly basically addressing his his critics uh, in this song and how he yeah you you can just feel in this song how much he grapples with all of the things that have happened to him growing up in Compton, but he also, and how he grapples with kind of using that to get out of there. But yeah, also the skit at the end is great. I don't listen to it every time I listen to the song, but it's a great skit. Then we, that surprised me that my number three pick is Mother I Sober, the last song that I talked about in detail. Oh, interesting. Just because it just, it's so powerful. It talks about such, it is, I don't know, for me, it's kind of a, almost like a culmination of Kendrick and his journey. And like, he just encapsulates so many things that he's talked about in those four albums in all of his five albums. And this is kind of the turning point. And it's very interesting. It's, I was, th- I was thinking whether I have recency bias with this album because it just came out, but I think I did not. I think that if anything, I tried not not to. I was wary of recency bias, so I tried not to to find reasons not to include this song in my top four. But I couldn't. It's just too powerful. It is it is a very emotional song, and I know that there are people who say they can't listen to it uh, because it is so emotional. Um, but I just think it's it's beautiful. It's more reason to like it. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what gives it its power. And then my number two is, and that it was pretty clear to me, my, my first two songs was, were pretty clear to me, which ones they were going to do, were going to be. And my second, my number two is How Much a Dollar Cost. Um, that story of being in South Africa and kind of realizing that he has, that, that all of his life has been leading up to this point. He, is, he has money now, why doesn't he use it? Um, is he a good person if he doesn't? And I think this more so than most other Kendrick songs as a standalone song just works. And it's, it is also very powerful again, has, is very religious, but is, is very, or like has religious parts in it. And I think it's just, I don't know. It's just the. It just asks a very important question of like what do like about morals and how do we act and what does what makes us a good person and what doesn't and I don't know I think as a standalone story this might be my favorite but it's not my favorite song because my favorite song is Mad City which is just a banger and just I I don't know it's definitely my most listened to Kendrick song and. It just goes through through so much. I think 
I think also that Good Kid Mad City is probably my favorite Kendrick album. And this song just, it, I've, I think I've said this before today, I've used this before, but this is just a tour de force. Um, it is, it's a banger, but it still grapples with so much. It just has this this energy, this incredible energy that is just mesmerizing. And you. it's almost like a vortex just that just draws you in. And yeah, so I don't know. I it, it is an amazing song, and it was very very funny for me to see that others agreed with me. Um, people who do this sort of thing for a living, uh, and yeah, I, I made this list p- before before listening to that. But um, it was it was very funny to to kind of compare notes with that, um, especially because dissect has been the reason why I'm so much into Kendrick and his songs because they're just so good at explaining all the contexts and all of the lyrical flourishes and the meaning behind it all and the production and the music. And um, yeah, just quick shout out again to this very successful podcast that does not need my shout out, but I just think it's one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And this is an amazing podcast. And these are four great albums of one of my favorite if not the favorite artist i've ever listened to wow that's incredible to listen to you speak about this i wish i had more questions or eloquent thoughts but alas <laughs> we can obviously i will always extend uh, the offer if you want to ever talk about it again in the future after listening to kendrick for a long time <laughs> we can definitely revisit that yeah, and I mean, I, I, if you want to listen to it, I'd be curious to uh, to hear your opinion on it. As you were speaking, I did bookmark a few songs and stuff, so I'll cool. I'll be doing some. I mean, I've listened to Kendrick Lamar before, but never yeah. really with like intent. It's just kind of like w- another rapper, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was like, ah, oh, rap, whatever. Uh, but. I don't know. He is such a good lyricist. His production value is amazing. Um, which, I mean, he's not the producer most of the time, but still. And yeah, I don't know. It is, if anything merits a deep listening that gives you an experience, it's Kendrick. And yeah, he's definitely up there for it, up there for me. And yeah, I don't know. He's an incredible artist. And I hope this wasn't too disorienting for people. Me just like going through song, through song, through song. And yeah, I hope this, I mean, I already, I, I already succeeded. I already got one person to listen to Kendrick. So that's great. Um, that makes me very happy. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, anytime. This this was months in the making. I listened to this. I I basically made a, a I made through all of the I went through all of the albums and then just whittled it down. It's like okay, I had first I had like six or seven songs from every album, and then I was just like, no, this one needs to go. This one needs to go. This one needs to go. I was just like, okay, with every listen through, I have to eliminate one song from each album. And uh, yeah, I think I started out with something like. 27 songs and now i had like 20 basically and yeah i don't know it's great so yeah thanks thanks rashad for uh listening to me talk about this for like an hour anytime uh, thank you for thank you dear listener for uh 
staying with with us with me uh, through this and um, if you enjoyed the show give us a five star rating wherever you listen to podcasts or whatever if it's just one star if if just one star is the maximum amount give us that if it's four thumbs up i don't care just the maximum amount would be very helpful for a shout i'm chris and talk to you next time